What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we're back with another tribute. It's 20 years for Jay-Z's third LP, Volume 2, Hard, Hard Knock, Knock Life. Life. Released September 29th, 1998. Yes, sir. Let's get it. Where were you? Where was I? So this is my sophomore year in high school, right, mm-hmm. right at the beginning of my sophomore year. I'm solidly in Wu-Tang Clan's camp. Everybody <laughs> right. knows that. But because of that, obviously, I was a really big Method Man fan. And right. Method Man is coming out soon mm-hmm. on Def Jam. And so there were a bunch of Def Jam releases that I was I was kind of into. So, yep. you know, you had El Nino uh, released That's before right. this, which I'm not sure if I listened to the El Nino right away. But, mm-hmm. you know... That's still Death Squad record. There were still a Death Squad records that I was feeling. Um, they had a whole bunch of releases. You know, they yeah. had LL Cool J the year before. DMX came out in the fall. And so along with this whole release, this Jay-Z Volume 2 is coming in to basically close out the summer or okay. to kick off the fall, however you want to look at it. Right. So that's where I was. I wasn't a huge Jay-Z fan. Mm-hmm. He had hits. Mm-hmm. But this was before I, I really, really understood like true lyricism. In fact, mm-hmm. I will say that while I was a huge Wu-Tang Clan fan, I didn't really get into understanding what true greatness as far as lyrics were concerned mm-hmm. until probably my junior year when I actually started to go back and get into Biggie right. and get into the roots, get into Black Thought, really get into Rock Cam and Karis One and understand like, you know, the roots of pure lyricism to see where it came from. So this is released before I really had an appreciation for MC skills, but I did have a very good appreciation for hip hop music, commercial hip hop music. Jay-Z was a big thing. That's where I was. Where were you? I was a freshman in high school. I remember this album coming out. So the Hard Knock Life song came out and Jay-Z became a bona fide superstar, right? And I remember this album being an album that so you know when you're a freshman you obviously you don't have a car yet you're too young to have a car but the kids that have cars like they're cool right you know so so the cool kids the gangsters the drug dealers everybody that would come (laughs) to pick up their little homies or whatever from from high school they all were bumping this album at the same time and so at different points in time like you'd be walking after school you'd be walking down the parking lot and you would hear various points in the hard knock life song just coming out of different people's cars and i remember that experience of just like the homogeny of everybody listening to the same album at the same time that's how big this album was i remember like i said jay-z prior to this was not like on the superstar radar to the point where like where everybody knew who he was Mm -hmm. and i remember when volume one came out my aunt, who actually would eventually teach me how to DJ and be the person who, who started me off as oh, a DJ. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So my aunt, she would always like, you know, tout that she had all these connections like with the radio station and stuff like that. She had all the albums before they came out. So I remember that about Capital Punishment and I remember that about Volume 1. So when Volume 1 came out, she was like, she came to my house and she was like, yeah, I got that new Jay-Z. And I remember telling her like, yeah like jay-z's not cool like you know what i mean like like he like we knew that there was a guy named jay-z and he could rap and we knew that ain't no nigga song you know like which we did right but you know it's like okay this was the album where it was like i have to have this album Mm -hmm. like i went out bought the album as soon as i could get it and it was also one of the first albums i remember buying and being satisfied with it track for track for track really like i i loved this joint top to bottom 
Okay. I may not feel the same way today, <laughs> but at the time I was like, yo, I could just put this album on and like every track is banging. So um, I did not buy this album. I've okay. never purchased this album. In fact, I think I've only actually purchased one Jay-Z album. Wow. Yeah. And that's the black album. I think it's you the only one. You didn't buy volume three? I did not buy. Well, first of all, my brother bought volume three. Okay. Yeah. I forgot. That Why you, would I buy volume three? So this album, like I said, was like the, oh my God, this guy's a superstar yeah. thing, right? After that, when okay. he dropped volume three, everybody yeah. was already paying attention. All right, no, that's fair. And then Big Pimpin' came out yeah, on volume Big three. Was I feel like everybody I knew owned volume three. All right. I see what you're saying. I see yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying as if like, how could you not buy volume three? Oh, no, three? no, no. No, so you're talking it about within more, the context. Yeah, in the context right. of the you're time frame. Right. Yeah. No, and I was in Virginia too. So I know, I know what it was like when volume three dropped. Like For me, Blueprint drops and I think my roommate, um, actually, I'm not going to blueprint drops and we get it right right we don't pay for it we get it <laughs> right i feel get you it. i feel you and then blueprint 2 drops again uh -huh. we get it get it and it's disappointing right we have a full episode about this yep. it's one of our most popular episodes so if you haven't had the chance to listen to it i don't know you've Check been under a rock blueprint or something two episode for sure but black album comes out and that's the one that i buy mm. and it's the only one it's the only jay-z record that i've ever purchased you know this was before it was easy to yes. bootleg records yes. so yes. yeah i mean i think we, we were still squarely in the like you either bought it or like you borrowed it and dubbed a tape from somebody right. type time frame yeah and so when i go back to listen to jay-z i mean obviously i got reasonable doubt from someone you know mm -hmm. what i might actually i might have reasonable doubt oh yeah I we'll see doubt. i had to go back and check in my my collection i might have reasonable i doubt. bought reasonable doubt after this yeah actually. well that's what i'm saying yeah, that's what i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. so reasonable doubt i might have purchased i don't think my brother got it but he did have volume one mm -hmm. and he did buy volume two mm -hmm. and so if he's buying something i don't necessarily have right, to buy right. it on my own now, there's right. only been a few albums that he bought them and then i i got them i mean the biggies albums you know a method man's a cow a wu-tang 36 chambers mm -hmm. and there might have been a few in the outcast albums mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. so that was that's pretty much it either way i didn't buy this but you know like i said my brother had this and you mm -hmm. know when i'm listening to hip-hop music in high school especially my sophomore year mm -hmm. you know i didn't have the car but my brother had the car right and so he is driving me everywhere you know to and from school right. we're both on the track team and so I'm always listening to this. So that was, you know, my kind of mm -hmm. vibe with it. Critical reception or did you? Critical reception. So the main reason why we're doing this album isn't because this is his best work, because right. I don't think it is. Jay's, Definitely uh, not. Jake will not say it's his best work. Right. In fact, I wouldn't even give this album five mics. I'm not even sure I if I would give this album four mics. Mm. I think it's definitely three and a half. Mm. I could see the argument for four, but it's definitely not even four and a half. You know, at most it's a four, I'd say it's at least three and a half. But the yeah. reason why we're doing this album is because the critical reception was huge. Oh, yeah. This album is his highest selling record to date. Yeah. And Hard Knock Life, the song itself, is fucking bonkers. I mean, yeah. that bass line, oh, the lyrics in it. Yo, shout so out to dope. 45 King, man. Like, something got to be going on up there yeah. for you to, like, put this together the way he put this together. You know, there's a couple of other albums that are coming out around this time. We're going to do mm -hmm. the Outcast Equipment Eye. And I think that are, for my peers, that was definitely the one that resonated with people more. Yeah. Um, just in terms of like actually being in high school, going to parties and, and, and get togethers, we always had that album on. No one really right. had this album on. But that being said, Jay-Z was everywhere. Like the, mm. the rest of the school 
mm-hmm. was really into Jay-Z. And Jay-Z was everywhere on the radio. Jay-Z was yeah. everywhere on the TV. I mean, it was Jay-Z. And then plus you had the Hard Knock Life tour, right. That's which what I was had everyone say. from Def Jam. So That's what I was it's say. impossible to not respect this album and the critical reception for anything other than what it was, which was, it was amazing. Right. It was massive. Like you said, I remember the Hard Knock Life tour happening around this, this time. I also remember Rush Hour coming out around yes, this time and yes. Can I Get a being the record that was the the forefront, you know, yes. single on, on the, the Rush Hour soundtrack. Uh, we get little Ja Rule with his bandana to the front rapping yeah, for the question. first time. <laughs> we get and oh, holding gosh. it down yo it's it's <laughs> insane that they ever put that radio that record out on the radio with a mills verse because yeah. I, I mean i remember listening to it in high school and having half the words like cut out yeah and then you listen to the song now and it's just like i mean every bar there's a word that is not fit for the radio right how did they like you knew that was going to be the hit yeah. you know because sometimes this is what they do like sometimes you have accidental hits and it's mm-hmm. just like well we have to put a clean version out but right. other times it's like no we know this is going to be a hit make it as clean as possible i think this m- might have been low-key and accidental hit you and think I, so? the reason i say that is i heard a story where ja rule kind of talked about how he had that song already and okay. then irv like was like yo jay is really trying to do this whole dmx thing like can we give him that record and he talked about how like the the pros and cons of the fact that he gave away that record and he but was can like can i get it can i get it well dmx he, isn't on can i get it no 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 what What's i'm saying is there? you know how i talked about how jay went to irv Gotti right um for this album because he wanted to get like the the dmx like kind of sound and vibe mm-hmm. and so um he went to irv and he heard this song okay. and he was like, yo, I need this. Okay. And so Ja was kind of talking about how like, he kind of wishes he kept it and it was just his record. But then at the same time, like, because he gave it to Jay, it got like a bigger push and I he got agree. out there and he really was able to blow up off yeah. the song. But yeah, man, like, I feel like he took it, but I don't think Jay had the ear yet. I think okay. when he heard Hard Knock Life, he definitely knew. Yeah. But I don't think he necessarily had the ear yet to know when something was going to be a massive success versus not. Like you listen to um Sunshine, right? Mm-hmm. Sunshine was his record that was supposed to go all the way. Which, I love that and song. And the song is cool, yeah. but it wasn't what he wanted it to be, right? Um and and so I think I think maybe he didn't know Can I Get It was going to be as big as as it was. I could see that. Yeah. Speaking about Ja Rule, I think mm-hmm. um Vidi Vidi I, I can never pronounce Vinny, it. Vidi Vici. That album actually think comes out at the beginning of this month mm-hmm. and my my favorite jay-z verse from this month <laughs> at least is actually on that or, or the, or the murder uh, murder is murder. murder oh my god uh, that's the, my uh, favorite record from that group of people oh, what does he say i, I, I dick dick squat and, and post up with the toast up i bring beef to a closure know something i scream out fuck the world then i throw something nigga scheming hard but fuck it is the god i leave bullets large leave you leaning on your broad the hard pump leave you fucked up in your car slump kennedy style with your memory out the fuck y'all want daddy yo with the cali code let the gaddy blow leave you bleeding on your patio i leave rivals on their back looking up at the sky blue not only do i leave you i hide you i before you x and job rule death before dishonor now with prior to horseman fire you 
inspire you. Me die before you, you liar you. Niggas <laughs> dead off the hit side proof. Yo, that's that's a dope Jay. Fizz wearing riot suits. Yo, yeah, Jay Z is her son that is nuts. Anyway, yeah. uh, sidetrack. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, we we're we're getting you know we're getting superstar Jay. Like you said, we had the backstage tour. We had the survival of the illest tour, which teed that up. So mm-hmm. Def Jam is getting is getting their hooks and everything right now, and they're right. really pushing. And then, you know, this album drops and I mean, critical reception, like you said, massive. Yeah, it was um, massive. Hard Knock Life. He wins a Grammy for this. Yes, he did. Uh, five Grammy times platinum. Is I it mean, five? I thought it was four. Okay, five. All yeah, right. Yeah. Do you want to go into highlights or lowlights? Let's do the highlights. Okay. Let's do the highlights. So for me, right off the bat, I actually kind of like the intro. Yeah. The pain in the ass intro. He did this also on volume one. Um, and, and uh, reasonable doubt. Yeah, and it's where he features the guy who basically quotes like every single Al Pacino movie right. against our Goodfellas, yeah. this, that, and the other. Uh, he does a really good job with it, uh-huh. but it kind of it kind of makes sense. So this yeah. particular one is from Carlito's way when um, Carlito gets shot at the end by uh, Benny, Benny Blanco. Benny, yeah, Benny Blanco yeah. from the Bronx, uh, John Leguizamo's <laughs> character. And uh, so I thought it was really nice the way they tied that in there. Yep. And then it flows right into Hard Knock Life. So the, f- the sequencing at the beginning is good and uh just to add to what you're saying this is around the beginning of when we're really getting the whole like jay-z's gonna retire every album <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. like at yes. the beginning it's like oh jay-z's done like yes. new and improved Ooh, version you know Which, like <laughs> do you ever think that he really had that much confidence in memphis bleak because i listened to this early memphis bleak and i'm not sure what he heard that would make him think he would be new improved jay-z <laughs> I feel like he was looking at the game in ones and zeros in that like, I don't think he thought that Bleak had to have some sort of an it factor because on the real, Jay doesn't really have an it factor. Like Jay is one of the dopest MCs. He's, he's, you know, mentally just ahead of the curve. But when it comes to like the charisma and personality, I would almost even venture to say that Memphis Bleak has more it factor than than Jay does. He, he just doesn't understand how to like make records and like and really, you know. I understand why you would say that Jay-Z doesn't necessarily have the it factor. And mm-hmm. it's because like, look, if you look at when their careers launched, right? Mm-hmm. Like Biggie was a sensation right off the fucking Right, head. right. You know, even before Biggie comes out, we know it's like, yo, this dude Biggie is serious. Right. Nas, right? You know, live from the Barbie, like everyone knows, like, yo, Nas yep. is going to be a sensation. But exactly. Jay Z, Reasonable Doubt Slow is burn. dope. Is dope. But it took him a long time to yeah. really get to the point where he was dope. I mean, even yeah. even at volume two, right. even though he goes five times platinum, gets the Grammy for best hip hop album of the year, mm-hmm. album of the year mm-hmm. it's still kind of in question. Now, mm-hmm. you know, after that, you had the volume three, which is not very good, but it had mm-hmm. hits. Yeah, yeah, it had definitely. hits. Same thing with Rock, Rock, Rock La Familia. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, he really, really solidifies it at Blueprint. And that's yeah, when it's just like, fair. yo, like it's, I, it's, I, it's not a question at y- that point. You know, with this record, right? Like, we talked a lot on the DMX episode about how we didn't really necessarily feel like it was a classic, right? Yes, it's not. Um, it's not a. It's not a timeless, yes, lightly classic. Yes. It has album, not right? aged very well, but it's uh-huh. pivotal, and it was a classic, I guess, for the time. Right. So when we talked about that album, we talked about how he was probably the greatest benefactor of the loss of Tupac and Biggie. Fair. Jay, I think, almost may even eclipse that in terms yeah. of his level of benefit yeah. from that, and this album just kind of. 
was when he stepped into that, you know, that kind of light that we we were missing. I would agree. And to go back to your earlier point about Jay not necessarily having the it factor, I think mm-hmm. that in terms of the time then, so we're talking about 1998, I right. think I would agree with you that he doesn't mm-hmm. have the it factor. Mm-hmm. But I think that when we see his career in totality, yeah. which he does have the greatest hip hop yeah. career of all time, I don't right. think that's in question. Right. And then we go back and look and it's like, no, I, I can see that he had it. I didn't see it then because perhaps mm. I didn't understand it then the way yeah. I do now. Yeah. So I think that from what your mm-hmm. perspective, I, I think that probably is fair to say that back yeah. then we didn't realize that he had the effect. So that, that's, that's it's, fair. It also may be like kind of a different it, right? Mm-hmm. In that like the people we we loved, right, were like Pac, like yeah. shirt off, just yeah. pure machismo, you know, DMX, yeah. same, uh, you know, big, just smooth, like, like mm-hmm. ill lines, you know, et cetera. Jay almost was kind of talking down to us from yeah. when he first came out, Yeah, right? So like, he was like, yeah, y'all, oh, y'all, you know, you, you still driving the 4.0, like, you know what I'm saying? And like, we were, we were young, so I don't, I think maybe that it, like, yeah. probably didn't align for us until maybe later in life. Like, I couldn't be 15 years old and I think really, like, Jay's persona really resonate with yeah. me personally, I yeah. don't know. No, I feel you. Yeah. So going into more highlights, nigga what, nigga who originated in 99, featuring yeah. Jazz O, or Big Jazz and uh, Amil yeah. with a Timbaland on the beat. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's definitely a highlight. When I made my little comment about the Jay and Timbaland thing, this is one of the, the my will be on my top five list of Jay Timbo collaborations. This beat is so good. <laughs> So good. And Jay's yeah. flow on it. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And jazz. Jazz flow on it is so good. Yeah. And Emil, thank God she's only on the course. Thank, thank. But that song is definitely a highlight for me. I remember the video. I remember yeah. like the kind of like bluish tones, and then yeah. jazz comes in to kind of switch it up a little bit. But I love jazz. But that's not what I heard to be. Right? Whatever didn't say, where to be. Yo. You um, that joint. But yeah, that, that song is definitely dope. And yeah. then I think my favorite song on the album to this day still. Money Cash Hoes featuring DMX. I love this song. In fact, this song, every single time I hear it, it just takes me back to my bedroom when I was in high school and hearing this song come on the radio. This is one of the ones that when it came on, I had to make sure that I had the cassette tape deck ready to press record. And I was just listening to this song all the time. Swiss Beats, this is one of my favorite beats from him. And you know, you will often hear me bemoan tracks that are very standard hook verse hook verse repetitive beat this is one of those songs but it doesn't matter in my opinion the beat is so good that i just i just vibe with you it. think I this, love this beat song. is so good i love this song wow. i love this beat i don't know and maybe that's a maybe that's irrational maybe this is just my bias talking yeah. i'm not gonna argue that it's brilliant or that it's genius uh-huh. i just love it that much yeah i i'm gonna actually tell you why it's my low light sure my low lights go ahead well, I, you want me to do it now oh well we will go back gonna to wait we'll yeah go i'll, I'll let you so continue with your for heart. me i i just love the song money cash shows maybe yeah. it's just because it just takes me back to that moment yeah but i still get into it um i love what sweet beast did on it and mm-hmm. dmx the the thing I love about DMX verse is that like what? if you actually take out the lyrics and you you just had him making sound effects like one <laughs> one this verse would sound the exact same way but you would love it just as much yeah. like this is one of those things where 
if someone didn't understand English uh -huh. and I wanted them to hear hip hop and just like kind of like it, like I'd throw on that DMX verse because it doesn't matter what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, you know sure. what I mean? Literally, he can just. It's like just automatic. Like. It's just, it's just hot. You're I don't right, care what you're, you're right, saying. You're it's right. just dope. Yeah, so, he has a very percussive <laughs> flow to a point where, like, yeah, it's just all automatopoeia. It's like, it's just it's fire. So <laughs> I, I, I fuck with that. And then yeah. my next highlight is going to be It's Like That with Kid Capri. Mm. Um, I love Jay-Z's verse on that. I love mm. the beat on that. I like Kid Capri's appearance on that. And we talked last episode about how sometimes DJs come in on the tracks and they just kind of take over the whole thing. And Kid Capri does that, but he does it well. Yeah. You know, if we're going to talk about DJ Clue, who hijacks <laughs> songs at the beginning, at least he only does it at the beginning, yeah. but it's still kind of annoying. Funkmaster Funk Flex, Flex is, is the, the king of it. Yeah. It's annoying. But when Kid Capri does it, it's dope, especially yeah. when he did it on Kendrick Lamar's album. Yeah. Every time Kid Capri pops up, I'm like, yeah, it's Kid Capri. Y'all ain't praying for him. So, uh... <laughs> Yeah, what happens on there stays on there. But anyway, but he's on this track and I like yeah. it. So those those are kind of my my highlights. You know, okay. the intro, hard knock life, nigga what, nigga who, money cash hoes, and it's like that. Uh -huh. Those are my highlights. Okay. What are your highlights? So Memphis Bleak, actually. Um, okay. I would even posit to say that this is Memphis Bleak's best album. <laughs> <laughs> he's on because, what? Two, two because tracks? Because he's on two tracks and yeah. he's solid on both of those tracks. Okay. I think Memphis Bleak kills it. Okay. And I think that that DJ Premier beat is like, I just love that beat. I, oh, but the reason why amazing. it's not a, the reason why that aspect of the song is not a highlight for me is because I wanted to hear Jay on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, You know, but I mean, Jay's spent plenty of time hijacking Memphis Police <laughs> albums that's, later that's, on that's down the line. So. For good reason, though, um, probably. But this this is actually so good that I, I had this theory when I was in high school that um, Jay-Z actually wrote this verse. And he realized that that nobody would believe that Memphis Bleak actually wrote the verse. So at the beginning he says, "Nah, this ain't Jigga. It's your little, little nigga, nigga Bleak." bleak. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just everything he says on that on that verse is fire. It's a good. That's a good. That's verse my sure. favorite Memphis Bleak verse. That's fair. Um, that's fair. I, where's the first coming of age? The uh, reasonable doubt. It's reasonable yeah, doubt. Yeah, and yeah. I remember that verse. People were like, "Yo, this dude Memphis is." is but dope. Jay wrote that. Did he write that? Yeah. Okay. And then, so that makes sense because yeah. when Memphis Bleak was later doing raps, we were kind of like, Yo, what happened? What happened? He used to be yeah. nice. And that's why, because Jay-Z wrote And And he like fessed up to it pretty early on. Just did saying, he write his verse for Coming of Age, the sequel? That's a good question. I would assume that he I did. I think he did. Yeah. Especially when he says he like, uh, when he's reading my mind, like he, like he can see through all this cloud smoke and weed in my mind. Like, Yeah. And then he said that, why are you coming around on brand new coops and stuff? Yeah. I don't think Jay-Z would write stuff Maybe. oh he's also on it's all right um on that's a, right on he is on track. And, right. and he's dope on that too yeah yo he said when i crop to a caesar my, my i don't need you i love that line yo anyway so memphis bleak all memphis right. bleak intro hard knock life because it just yeah. has to be i mean yeah that's what? that song is dope nigga what nigga who of course yeah. i actually liked a week ago i feel like it's one of the few jay stories where like it's followable um i you know i felt where he was coming from i was like oh okay this is like the you broke my heart, snitch joint. I got a smile on my face. We're gonna get into this. It's not. Uh -huh. a, it's not a low light for me, uh -huh. but I have. Yes, I had disagreements it. with it. That's fair. Uh, we'll come um, back to this after yeah. you do. After you finish your highlights. Can I get a? Of course, has to be. Okay. 
I actually liked Coming of Age, um, the sequel. It wasn't as good as the first one, but it was it was good. Yo, when I was in high school, I loved Paper Chase. And mm-hmm. now I go back and listen to it. I'm just like, man. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs obviously is my highlight. Like that's really? my that's one of my biggest highlights. Okay. Uh, it's a posse cut. It introduced me probably to Beanie Siegel. I don't think I'd ever heard Beanie Siegel before. That might I, be fair. I get Sauce Money. I get the locks. I love everybody's verses on here. I love the way it builds, like like verse for verse. Well, you could take away the music, and I would probably still like the song the same because I love everybody's verses on here. Okay. And then it's all right if that counts. Um, okay. it, I, it was on the album that I had. I remember it being um, on there as well. And, and there was a video for it. And Money Ain't a Thing doesn't really count because it was out way before this Yeah, this, this was album. on Jermaine Dupri's album. But if it is on this album, it would have to be a highlight. It's, okay. a, it's a really good radio record. So All right. Those are mine. <laughs> so should we go into to Low Lights? Yeah, let's hit the Low Lights. All right. If I should die and ride or die. <laughs> ride or die isn't bad. And I think mm-hmm. if I should die probably sounded good in '98. <laughs> I can understand why people would like that in '98, yeah. but it, it didn't age well for me. Fair. And you know the fact mm. that we get these songs like three mm. and four, it's like mm. like it's one thing if I just had to well, skip one, but I had to skip two tracks. So one thing I will say about that is I didn't know it at the time. I probably learned maybe a year later or so. But um, "Ride or Die" is a straight Mace diss song. Is and it? it was the linchpin of the Mace Jay-Z subliminal diss beef huh. that we got. I'm and so go if back you go back, back yeah, context, um, check your own videos. You'll always be number two. two. That's the that's the thing with him, with the jersey, with the number two on it. Um, he talks about flossing around in videos and how he's going to run up on him the whole night. He's like, it's all about Mace. Within that context, is the song better? Yes. Okay. Just because I, I cared. Back no, that's then. that's fair. You yeah. know what? Then I will I will take that back. I'll have to go back and listen to it if within you that make, context. If I you make not know all that. the bars about Mace, you will enjoy all the right, song. All right. More. So that's fair. So I take that. Yeah. So I take that back. So yeah. ride or die is fine. Right. If yeah. I if should I die, should die though, so bad is not is not a good song. And I feel bad for derangers just yeah. because at the time, Jay and them were trying to put those dudes on. I think they were yeah. part of like Rock a Block or something, and like he just put them on like the least interesting song on here. And then they never popped. So uh, shout out to Wise P. I think he he hangs around DC a lot. Okay. Yeah. So for me, Paper Chase is a low light. And even though Timbaland is on the beat, mm. I just don't think the song is very good. Mm. Uh, it's definitely a low light. Th- those are the specific low lights in terms of songs. I have some mm-hmm. other low lights. Mm-hmm. So I'll yeah. ha- go ahead and get into it. So for me, again, the storytelling with Jay, I disagree mm. with you. I don't okay. think these are good stories at all. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna <laughs> tell you why. So a week ago, I, I don't think it's a bad song. You got too short on the hook. Yeah. The beat is dope. It's not a bad song. But again, he builds the premise mm-hmm. of you know he's growing up with this dude and the guy gets pinched. Mm-hmm. All right, and then he starts to su- suspect he's going to snitch. Right. Then in the second verse, we get. Jay-Z story coming up and then in the yeah, third verse all of a sudden this dude is labeled as a snitch but we never actually <laughs> hear him snitch or the result of him snitching fair point so it's like you you left something out yeah there's a lot missing you, you left something out and right. then I'm coming of age right mm-hmm. yo the setup to this is dope the first two verses yeah. the setup is like so you got you got Jay-Z and Memphis Bleak and there's and, that tension yeah and the tension yeah. and it, it works and I'm actually seeing yeah you know, by the end of verse two you think it's gonna blow up yeah but then by verse three they're just best friends <laughs> <laughs> they're just having a conversation about how like 
they're cool. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. I'm expecting drama. <laughs> what the fuck happened? Like, where's the story? That's true. And it just makes me think. And, and I, you know, these two stories go back to back a week ago, coming of age. And it's just like, yo, Jay Z, you were one of the most talented lyricists of all time. How hard is it really? Is it really that difficult to do a complete cohesive story that I can enjoy from start to finish? Like, and they're not bad songs. Like, Coming right, of Age right. is not a bad song. A week ago, it's not a bad song. Yeah. But the story te- storytelling element of it, I mean, especially when you have, you know, a story from Andre on Equimini, or you have any number of stories from Biggie, which yeah. all have a beginning, middle, and end. They all have an inciting incident. They all have a resolution. It's just yeah. like Nas, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you have all these great storytelling. It's not that difficult. It really isn't. He gets an incomplete for that one. He gets an incomplete. (laughs) He gets an incomplete. And so for me, Reservoir Dogs, I don't think it's a bad song. Okay. I don't think the beat is all that great. That's fair. And I know the sample though. Yeah. It's Shaft. It's it's Isaac Hayes, right? And so, but in a year of great posse cuts, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the the Black Ice, Goody Mob, Outcast posse mm-hmm. cut. You've got the John Blaze posse cut on Darren Connergina. You've got four, three, two, one. Well, that comes out the year prior. Ninety-seven, yeah. But still, you kind of, if you want to call the collaborations on Ja Rule's record posse mm-hmm. cuts, I mean, it's only three MCs, but still, yeah, you know. Um, and then you've got one of the greatest posse cuts of all time, banned from TV, right? Mm-hmm. In a year of great posse cuts, mm-hmm. great quintessential hip hop posse cuts. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, this is not. It, it's just not holding its I, weight. I will like, posit that every posse cut that had Jada and Styles on it is good. Okay. And this is one of them. It is one of them, but I just don't <laughs> and, think. Uh, and, also, and, and also, and you, had the, you had the Rough Riders Anthem remix this year too. Like you just had a year of great posse and, cuts, and, and Beanie, this one is not a memorable posse cut. And me. Beanie Siegel. This was where I was like, oh, who is Beanie Siegel? Like, I I want to hear more from this guy. I want yeah. I want to know everything about this guy. This guy is he killed it, his joint. But here's what I'll say. Those posse cuts that I mentioned, they're not just good posse cuts. They're also like one of the the key moments, one of the highlights of the album. You can go back and talk about this song because you like posse cuts and because you're a hip hop head. But no one else is really going to go back. I don't want to say no one else, but Mm. the greater conversation when we talk about this album, they're not talking about Reservoir Dogs. Whereas when you talk about Nori's album, you have to talk about Band from TV. When you talk about Goody Mom's album, you have to talk about Black Eyes. You know what I mean? When you talk about Don Cartagena, you have to talk about John Blaze. You cannot have a conversation where I I have to talk about this. It was a good posse cut. I just, but anyway, I yeah, just it's, think it's, it's weak. It's, it's I, your little light. It's, it's, it's not. It's it's not a bad song. Right. Like it's it's just for this to be the posse cut, for this to be one of his you know his highest selling record. I just would have wanted more, and I think he could have done more. I think that I would have done something with Swiss Beats instead of the collaboration mm. that he has. Um, uh, you got a lot of faith in Swiss Beats. Anyway. I, I just think at this time I, I would have done something yeah. with Swiss Beats and Timbaland or done something yeah. or maybe even do something with Premiere or, or whoever yeah. but I just think that the, the beat is kind of weak so is that all so yellow lights? It's, yeah again it's, it's not a bad song it's just mm. the fact that it should have been a better posse cut and to me it wasn't mm-hmm. uh, yeah it is kind of a low light so, though, so, so that's it for me Mine, If I Should Die, is the lowest of low lights. It's not um, a good song. It's really not a good song. And it's, you know, honestly, I think you're a little higher on him. 
This is a period of time where all the Swiss Beats stuff all just sounds exactly the same. Like okay. you can tell he's just on his keyboard, just punching away, making the same shit over and over again. If I Should Die sounds like every beat he made in this period. And then Money Cash Hoes, like he talks about how, you know, I'm sure you've heard the story about how he accidentally put his hand down on the keyboard and he ran it across the keyboard and then he hit all the keys and then he was like, oh, and then he made that a beat. That's what it sounds like. I love the fact that we get Jay and DMX on us on a record. I love their energy. I actually didn't appreciate this record until I, I didn't even like it when it came out, okay. even as a single. I didn't appreciate it until there was a remix yeah. that had Memphis Bleak and, and Beanie Siegel on yeah. it, where Beanie Siegel says, for one, I pack three nines like the year. Yeah. And I was like, yo, but I, I like posse cuts. I like records that yes. have like a lot of MCs on them. And even to this very day, I will listen to that remix, but I will not listen to this song. I do so not. you and I definitely yeah. uh, disagree with this one. Yeah. Like I said, I I love this song. In I, fact, I actually when I hate this beat. Like it's like <laughs> it sounds like nails on a chalkboard to me. Um, wow, that's a that's a yeah. stark contrast. Well, it's, I don't feel that yeah. way. I still have very positive feelings about this song. So and then the last Swiss beat on here is coming of the of age. The sequel. It sounds a little less like what Swiss's beats sounded like at the mm -hmm. time. So I'm I'm okay with it. What other lowlights do I have? I do think that Paper Chase is a little lackluster for what it is. I really think that beat was cool. It just didn't do anything. It just kind of became repetitive. And yeah. then and then Foxy and Jay didn't really take it anywhere. I think that's the biggest problem with it. That look, yeah. there are sometimes you'll have a beat where the MC just does the most with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't do anything with this one. I was a big Foxy fan. I was actually one of the few like Foxy over Kim. She's got a nice voice then. and flow. And I kind of liked how Jay and Foxy were doing this whole like Bonnie and Clyde thing mm -hmm. where each of them would do a project and they would feature each other yeah. and they would do the Bonnie Clyde thing. I just, like you said, they didn't do anything. Like it, it didn't. I didn't know why they were even like like what was the purpose of that? Mm -hmm. It's like we got to get the paper. Okay, yeah, everybody has to get the paper. Like, <laughs> what are you trying to say here? Yeah, I mean that's it. That's the, those are my lowlights. Okay. Yeah. So, do you think this one is better or worse than Volume One? That's a good question. It is a good question. And I'm glad you think that because yeah. I often pose that question to people sometimes. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, it's volume two. And I'm like, is it really? I think and, volume two is a better commercial it album. Is. It but is. the the highlights on volume one are much better than this album. So my first year college roommate, Joe, who we talked about before when we did the Nori episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were listening to a lot of Jay-Z. And mm -hmm. the main reason why is because of Blueprint. But because of that, though, mm -hmm. it got him into just playing jay-z in general right and he never played this one he oh. was always playing volume one and i mm -hmm. gotta tell you it grew on me and i'm, I'm mm -hmm. look the low lights on that album yo the low few, lights are some of the worst of, yes. his, of his his catalog there are a few low lights right. and they are not good so uh, fair. i know what girls like and 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 that is that is completely fair and yeah. no doubt about that but the highlights on it oh, and yeah. some of the lyrics on there like yo oh, he's yeah. got some dope shit on oh volume one. yeah and i think that if he had to go back like with his mind now and kind of like redo that one i mm -hmm. could actually see you know a version of that album that is unanimously considered better than this one yeah so anyway i'm glad you took yeah. that question there because no, some uh, people uh, just like oh no it's, it's obviously this one i'm like yeah is it really? no I, I actually really liked volume one I, I after i bought this obviously then i went back and i bought volume mm -hmm. one and i bought reasonable doubt because i became a big j fan and um volume one was kind of the one i sat with the most yeah and it's also like you said like you know there's some records that like 
they kind of opened up with time as yeah. you listen to them and volume one was definitely like that uh with me as well like i i ended up really getting into records like lucky me mm-hmm. and um you know what was the let's put it on real quick yeah like lucky me imaginary player friend um, of foe 98 yeah like there was like a bunch of records here that like i mean like there's were records that were no-brainers right the first time i heard where i'm from i was mm-hmm. like this is one of the hardest records i've ever heard yeah. right but then there were other records you know like who you with same thing yeah um but then there were other records that kind of grew on me like lucky me really grew on me and Streets you is watching you must them. love me if there ever yeah. is a story this is probably his best one right even though it's not like an actual it's not necessarily a story in the traditional sense but he is talking about some real life shit this is the one we talked about where he shot his brother or mm, cousin yeah. whoever in the shoulder over a ring yeah. something like that is one of them anyway uh but that's a good song yo it's got some joints on here yeah it's got some joints on here for but, sure uh, but yeah so i mean you know back to back to volume two i you know i feel as though it might be the most important album of his career i but well, it's not I, the best album of his I, career Right. wouldn't disagree with that at all in fact right. i would say yeah that's that's obvious yeah. right this is definitely this, this is the one that made him basically yeah the big star who he was like he was able to ride that volume three wave yeah which was not a very good album because of some of the singles that he had like you yeah. know he had the maya feature yeah. as well the um best, uh, best of, me. of me right uh, which, which was huge yeah. so he was able to ride that but like it all started from here yeah. and when we talk about that jay-z retirement um, I remember him saying that like, yeah, his plan was always to do these three albums and then hop out. Mm-hmm. And but then I guess his artists weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing record sales wise. So he had to hop back in. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, Jay is just like somebody who, you know, I think he really loves the game. You yeah. know, like he's like Mitch, you know, paid him full. Like, you know, it's like he, he just loves it. And, I mean, and do you think that he was honest when he when he says that his first true intentions were to retire after three albums? I think it might have just been marketing. Really? Uh, Jay, okay. Jay, Jay, though, is somebody that and this is not a slight or a knock to him, but Jay is a chess player. Like, I don't take most things that Jay says from a like a strategic perspective at face value. OK, like I feel like you kind of always have to question, you know, <laughs> And I mean that's no that's no diss to him. It's just I, I that's just kind of the way I perceive him. Okay. Like I don't know. Do you agree? Yes and no. Did you take him at at his word that after three albums he was done? Yeah, and I took him at his word again after Black Album. <laughs> Although I knew that he was going to come back, uh-huh. but I think that in his mind he thought of it as an actual retirement. Hmm. What I will say though, I agree that he is very strategic, but I think that some stuff he doesn't have as good as foresight as he thought he might have. And mm. so obviously he's learned from a lot of different mistakes. Yeah. But I mean, but again, he has undoubtedly the greatest career in hip hop. I mean, mm. th- th- there's no question. Right. Career wise, he is the Michael Jordan of hip hop. Right. Period. So from that perspective, obviously, you know, he is very strategic. And, you know, yeah, I don't think he always had the best strategy in mind. Maybe that's right. what I should say. But I think mm-hmm. that, yeah, from the moment that he came into the game, mm-hmm. I think that some people, you know, like you said, with with Nas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, like Nas isn't always the best artist. He's just a rapper. And sometimes yeah. he wasn't always thinking about that, right? Like people mm-hmm. in the Wu-Tang Clan were just thinking about making music, whereas yeah. RZA actually had a five-year plan and right. fulfilled that five-year like, plan. Like I think the best example, right, is Big L, right? So, mm-hmm. so Big L kind of was one of the people that propelled Jay-Z. He he was he was one of the people who kind of had a platform that was bigger than Jay-Z and tried to pull Jay-Z up, right? right. At the time though, I think for Big L, 
it was just about being the nicest MC. Mm -hmm. Like he cared about being the nicest MC. From Jump, Jay-Z wanted to make records that were big records and make money off of it. Like like, like he was, so by the time Jay's going to make volume two, volume three, and Big L's going to make his second album, Jay-Z's talking to Big L about signing him to Rockefeller. Like that's how how that much he laughed him. By the way. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah like for to, for somebody to kind of be your little man and then be like, "Oh yeah, let me sign you to a record deal." You know what I mean? Like it's like it's, that's how different they were looking at things in terms of business. It's crazy too because if you go back and you look at the which is the 7 minute freestyle? Is that the 90 yeah. was that when was Stretch that? Stretch and Barbito, that yeah. was 95. I think. That was 95, oh, right? 90, yeah, that sounds right. Yo, it's not even close. Who's a better <laughs> MC on that? It's right. really not even close. And I remember being in the Jay-Z camp uh, like initially. Right. And I go back and listen to it now. I was like, yo, honestly, I, I can make a legitimate case to say that to suggest that Jay Z doesn't even belong on this freestyle with Big L. Yo, Big L is that much better than him on that freestyle. Jay Jay stands will will, will debate you th- with that. I have well, I've that, had some friends wrong. that are like that are like, they're oh no, nah, it was actually it was even. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm not even going <laughs> to listen to any. I won't even listen to or entertain any arguments that suggest that Jay Z was anywhere on the level of Big L at the time of that freestyle, at least on those verses. Right, and right. Maybe Jay Z was actually freestyling and Big L was writing I don't give a fuck what Big L had to say on that 7 minute freestyle is like some of the best bars you will ever hear <laughs> right. in hip hop freestyle if you haven't heard history. it definitely check it uh, out yeah, so, but, we should but, ride out to that <laughs> <laughs> but to talk about what you're talking about in terms of Jay-Z possibly signing Big L I mean yo it's crazy because right. at that time I mean yeah Big L at least in terms of that freestyle right. he definitely had one up on Jay-Z right. but that also goes to show just how hard of a worker Jay-Z is right, because right. you know Reasonable Doubt is a classic album mm-hmm. and his lyrics on that are good like in right. terms of reading the oh, lyrics they're incredible but some of the flows on that he's kind of mm. got that hippity hoppity yeah. flow and sometimes and doesn't necessarily age well you could definitely tell that his flow was refined over the years but he mm. refined it he and did. he was constantly trying to do new things and that just goes and to show the whole like him being like oh big is having a bunch of success i'm gonna reach out to puff and try to you know subscribe to that formula oh irv and and these guys are having success i'm gonna reach out to irv and yeah. try to you know like in his mind he was like look i'm gonna make this work like yeah. i'm going to be wildly successful and 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 he, and he was but you, you yeah. know i had to highlight all of these things because i'm not always the biggest fan of jay-z he is in my elite tier of mcs you know there's only four again that's big jay-z nas andre 3000 but i haven't always liked jay-z and even now i still go back and forth about what i think of him as a person the Mm. respect no doubt is there but you know we talked a little bit about his strategy and his his marketing mind like even Mm this idea about playing up his relationship with Biggie. Hmm. I don't think he met Biggie until like 1995 or 1996, maybe. Their first time they met each other was when they did the record on Reasonable Doubt. Brooklyn's Finest? Brooklyn's Finest. That was the first time they met each other, Hmm. which, and big up to Jay-Z, that was actually what inspired Biggie, from what I understand. That was what inspired Biggie to stop writing rhymes. Because before that, Biggie was actually writing his rhyme. Hmm. Then when he got in the booth with Jay-Z, he learned that Jay-Z was a writing. He's like, wait, what? actually heard the the opposite you heard the okay yeah. so well let me finish this so the way uh-huh. i heard it was that uh-huh. biggie understood that jay-z was not writing he's like oh okay if that's how it is then i'm gonna do the same so then biggie pretty much stopped writing his lyrics and it doesn't mm. mean that they didn't write their rhymes in the head it doesn't mean it was off the top right they just 
start physically writing them down yeah. on paper. But you heard the opposite. Yeah, I heard the opposite. I heard okay. that Big was like, I'm not even going to write mine. And then Jay was like, well, if Big's not right, like, I, like I'm going to do the same. And then they kind of just like faced off and did it. But I mean, I, I, I could have just heard it well, backwards. You know what, though? It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't surprise me if that was true, because I think that Jay-Z has always been one who's kind of told tales. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the reason why that matters is because I think of all of like the MCs that we talk about when they talk about like the drug shit. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jay-Z actually wants us to believe him. He says, like, no, I'm not telling any lies. Mm-hmm. But I think he has told some tales. Mm-hmm. It, the way he tells it is that, like, he used to write rhymes off of, like, paper bags. And then but he, then had, he had to start memorizing them right. because he wasn't always around paper. And so that's why he just stopped writing out his rhymes. Yeah. That's the way he tells yeah. it. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but he'll have us believe that. But yeah. he'll also have us believe that, like, Big was his big brother. And it's right. just like, nah, they didn't meet until whenever that song was recorded. I don't know if it was at the end of 95 or 96, because I want to say Reasonable Doubt was released in 96. Six? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think it was. Or whatever. Yeah. So it's just like you knew him for all of 18 months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but yet for a long period of time, I actually legitimately thought that like they were kind of friends growing up. Like I thought they went to oh, the same really? high school. Because he did one of them went to high school with Buster Rhymes. I yeah, think Jay, it was Jay went to high school with Buster. But and, Buster and knew Biggie from high school or something, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Or didn't they all go to the same? I don't think Big and Jay were there at the same time, though. Okay. I think uh, maybe they're not the same age or something like that. Okay. But Busta and, and Jay definitely went to high school at the same time. It, it was like Brooklyn Tech or something like that. Yeah, so we just looked this up. And according to Wikipedia, he first attended L. Whitney High School in Brooklyn until that was closed down. And then he went to attend George Washington Career and Technical Education High School, along with rappers Notorious B.I.G. and Busta Rhymes. But I'm not sure if they were in school at the same time. So I knew they went to the same school. But I think that I had this info. And for the longest time, I just assumed that they were boys. And I didn't find out until a couple years ago Mm -hmm. when I heard that the Brooklyn's Finest story. And I was like, wait a minute. So now I go back and I listen to all these raps and I'm like, yo, y'all might have been cool. Yeah. But like y'all weren't like boys, boys. I think he just really looked up to Biggie. I remember he had he told some other story about how like the first time he hung out with Biggie, like, I mean, outside of the Brooklyn's Finest session. I think they were in like Jamaica or something. Okay. And he said that Biggie had like all this weed or whatever. And so, you know, Biggie is like smoking with them. And I thought he said Jay-Z he was didn't like, smoke. Oh, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think part of that though was supposed to be this story. So like he like gets high out of his mind and then he says, Biggie put his hand on his shoulder and was like, I got you. And then he said like at that point in time, he realized that like, Big was basically saying like you're off point right now, like, yeah. you know, and, and it made him be like, okay, I need to be on point at all times. Yeah. So I guess maybe that's why he stopped smoking for a while, and then yeah. he ended up getting back into it. But, mm. but yeah, like that is kind of interesting. The the whole because he definitely does talk a lot about Big being his big brother, but I think maybe he just feels as though he was kind of his mentor and somebody mm-hmm. he really looked up to. Yeah, I just, I just had this feeling that like they were just like boys, boys. Yeah, because he talked about it a lot, like yeah, a whole a lot. lot. And a then lot. he would, of course, say his lyrics um, on records, and a lot of people had heartache with that as well. And even Kanye West, when he says like my big brother was, was big brother. brother, big's brother used to be Dame and big's brother, like 
Was but he? I think he's talking about Biggs, Kareem Biggs, Burke. Um, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they, not, when it, they and Big, he's talking about Big Kareem's Burke. But when right. he says that my big brother, my big brother was Big's brother, he's talking about that Big's brother. He, the Big there is, uh, is Biggie. Right, right. And right, then when right, he says right, it used to be Dame and Big's, Big's brother, brother, the other Big is okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I see what you're saying. So anyway, <laughs> we got way off. Topic. Anyway, yeah. No, so, I, well, I mean, we're talking about Jay Z yeah. and just how you know I have a great deal of respect for him, but. I haven't always liked him, but I mean, that being said, you know, I got to keep it real. This dude is, he could just rap his ass off. Right. So, yeah. And volume two was, was where, you know, we, we got superstar Jay. So I think it was important. I think I would love to hear more stories of Irv kind of telling us about the, the, the Do road. you believe those stories though? I think he puts extras on things, yeah. but I think I think he's right. Like, yeah. and I've heard people confirm yeah. some of his, his stuff, but yeah, yeah he, he talks a lot about, cause I mean, he was basically like Jay-Z's manager, mm -hmm. like, you know, um, around this time, uh, taking Jay-Z's records different places um, and trying to get him on. And so, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't think he has a reason to, to, I guess, lie about his contribution there. No, probably not. Because we see him all over it. He talks about how he brought the vinyl, the Isaac Hayes vinyl for Can't Knock the Hustle or uh, mm. whatever record that was. Um, I did joints um, with Mary J. Blige, my nigga. <laughs> yeah, so for reasonable doubt. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, I would love to hear more about like their relationship and what that time frame was like because I feel like, I feel like at this point in time, Jay Z was kind of knocking his head up against you know the wall and and, mm -hmm. and it, he wasn't getting where he wanted until this album. Okay. So. All right. Well, I think that that should just about cover it for Jay Z Volume Two, Hard Knock yeah. Life. Unless you got anything else. Nah, that's it. Um, we definitely have some some good material coming up this month. I don't know if you want to tee, it, tee up the listeners. Yeah. So our fall lineup is kind of crazy, right? So this album is released uh, September 29th, ninth, nineteen ninety eight. But we're dropping the episode a little bit earlier. The next one we're gonna drop was actually released the same date. So that's Outcast Equimini, also released September 29th, 1998. We're gonna re release that next week. And then we've also got from Most Def and Talib Kweli, Black Star. That's also released September 29th, 1998. <laughs> I'm not sure when we're gonna release that yet, but that's coming up in October. And then uh, late October, early November, we got Pete Rock, Soul Survivor, and a try called Quest Midnight Marauders. If there's time, <laughs> if there's time, we're gonna try to squeeze in uh, some talk about Belly, which came out in 1998, yeah. and we'll see. May even do something for Janet Jackson, Velvet Rope. We'll see. That was 1998, but it was around this, 1997. Schedule. So we'll see. But there's a lot coming up on the schedule. So stay tuned. Yeah. Driving some of the hottest cars New Yorkers ever seen. For dropping some of the hottest verses rappers ever heard. From the dope spot with the smoke block, clinging the murder scene. You know me well from nightmares of a lonely cell. My only hell, but since when y'all niggas know me to fail? Fuck nah, we all my niggas with the rubber grips or shots. And if you with me, mama, rub on your tits and whatnot. I'm from the school of the hard knocks. We must not let outsiders violate our blocks. And my plot, let's stick up the world and split it 50-50 Uh-huh, let's take the dough and stay real jiggy Uh-huh, let's sip the Chris and get pissy-pissy Flow infinitely like the memory of my nigga Biggie Baby, you know it's hell when I come through The life and times of Sean Carter, nigga, volume two Y'all niggas get ready 